Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Conversations Podcast. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, we really appreciate you. Make sure on whichever platform you're listening to, you subscribe to make sure that you keep up with whenever we post an episode, whenever it goes live. And we really appreciate the support. Comment down below um, if you have any recommendations of things you'd like to hear on the podcast, things we can change. If you're having some issues with audio, please let us know. We'd really appreciate the feedback. Um, We hope you enjoyed this episode and shalom. Hello, welcome to the Kingdom Conversations podcast. We thank you once again for joining us for another week. Uh, we hope you have really enjoyed the podcast so far. And definitely, if you haven't uh, listened to last week's episode, uh, as you're listening to this one, definitely check that one out. It's such a wonderful message, wonderful podcast. Uh, we had our shepherd, mentor, teacher, pastor, uh, Dr. Larry on, pastor, senior pastor of Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center. So make sure you go check that out. Um, but... Uh, as always, I'm Octavian. And I'm Derek Anderson Jr. Okay. And we're just so happy that you guys are here again uh, with us. So how are you doing this week, Derek? Oh, man, I'm good. Um, really noticed, like, the principles working as far as, you know, seed time and harvest. Um, I'm still letting my testimony work. I say it like that. But when it's uh, full, um, I'll go ahead and let, you know, let everybody in on what's, what came from my seed time and harvest because the principles do work. You know, a lot of people talk about giving and how they don't want to give a church they 10 percent. Well, if you look in scripture, you know, they wasn't just giving to the, the political term, the church, but their giving was for a reason. We know that money is a tool and, you know, it's used in order to get things done in the earth. And the ten percent, the the tithe, you know, the ten, they, they predated the law. Even you know, they talk about giving it to the Levitical priests, and um, it was in Leviticus, correct? Um, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it was it. in Leviticus talking about the uh, what they were using the tithes and all that stuff for. Right, but if you actually look at uh, Abraham, he was actually he actually gave it to uh, Melchizedek. Um, and it was a tenth, and uh, and that was before you know the Mosaic Law came. So it was a principle that was practiced long ago by, you know, the patriarch Abraham. But I get into that, uh, like I say, when it comes into full fruition. Yeah, people will fight you mad over this. You <laughs> pay tithes and offering, and you know, someone was telling me this week that uh, you know, everything as far as financials that you give to. The ministry should be, you know, uh, everything is free will only if you want to. But uh, when people really go back and study kingdom, um, study the background of kingdom, uh, the scripture lets us know that the kingdom has its own government. And when you study how government functions in the kingdom, you would understand that, you know, there are financial principles and uh, laws that you act on that you get benefits for you know just like you know in our worldly system you know you pay your taxes and things to the government and they have different programs and things that they use your taxes for um 
So many people just have to go study. And like you said, that's a good thing you brought up about Melchizedek, um, that he gave him a test before, um, you know, the, the Torah, um, or should I just say, uh, the laws that Moses wrote came into fruition. So that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because it's I ain't gonna get too much into it because um, I know a lot of people because it really t- what it does it tests a lot of believers' hearts because if you look at because a lot of people have their ownership mentality they want to control they want to you know say this is my money I worked for it I did this but being a believer you can't say that we gave up our will we gave up who we are we are to become uh, like the Messiah every day and you know understanding kingdom uh, we understand that we are in a kingdom we're here to uh be ambassadors and bring heaven on earth you know you have the kingdom of heaven and we're here to institute that government in the earth by acting it out and we know that there's an economic system just like you you were saying you know uh, america has its economic system i mean we give money to social security you give uh you got federal tax state tax um you're giving all this money even before you see your check but when it comes to you know helping I shouldn't say heaven, but doing your part in ministry. But, I mean, if, if you look in Luke chapter 8, you'll see that the, those that gave to Yeshua's ministry. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, um, them trying, you know, getting donations either. Because I think you were telling me about this. Somebody was saying you just give, like you were saying, whatever they want. I'm like, that's a donation. This ain't charity. Like, what we doing is is living in and we are part of a different government. That's what, you know, the kingdom message is about, us being of a different government. And our government has economic system. And, we, you know, money is being used to, pro- to uh, promote the message. It's bring, being used to help fund. Uh, I mean, if you are paying, you know, people talk about pastors and all that they doing and stuff like that. That, that was another reason I was so uh, glad our uh, shepherd came on last time. Because people need to hear from, you know, somebody who's doing it for real. Like, what they do is not easy. Um, and you do have some false pastors out here, but they shouldn't be confused with real ones. <laughs> and so the money that that they receive, you know, is you gotta look at the time that that they're putting into the word that they're using to feed the flock. And um, so many people just want to see it as well. They ain't doing, and they just you know getting money, which there are some that do it. And I know um, that people are seeing them, and they're getting turned away. They're turning away from the you know the message, but. I, I said it before and I said it again, then their faith was never in Elohim, it was in people. Um, but I mean, if you look in scripture in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, he was a prophet and he was giving the message. He was speaking the very words of Elohim. And then you had those who were uh, taking the message and then they were considering themselves prophets and they were twisting it. They were saying that, you know, we're going to be OK, everything all right. And things like and Jeremiah was like, no, like, um. I believe it was it Babylon that was coming to invade them. Um, and Jeremiah was telling them what was going to happen. Yeah. But but the people uh, would rather hear from the prophets, give them the feel-good message that everything going to be all right, than hear the truth. And so it's the same thing, you know, with tithing. Uh, you know, we practice a principle called first fruit. Then you have free will offering. But, you know, these things are the truth. And people don't want to hear that. They want to hear um, something that make them feel good. Give a thousand dollars, and 
you know, your, your house will get paid for this will get paid. That's not scripture. That's not scripture at all. Who was it? Uh, ben, Benny Hinn? Is that the guy's name? That recently... Yeah, uh, that pastor. He, yeah, he recently just came out and said that the prosperity um, gospel, he ain't doing it no more. Yeah, I mean, all those years of him doing it, ain't seeing no change, you know. <laughs> For the people who practicing <laughs> it, I mean, my goodness. But right. uh, speaking on what you said about the, you know, the fake pastors and stuff like that, man, I, I you know, Elohim has to be, you know, in his heavenly abode, just shaking his head because, you know, he, Yeshua told us, and Kepha told us, Peter, that there were going to be false teachers, wolves coming in and sheep's clothing. They, they, they told us it was going to be bad seeds coming into the gospel, uh, giving their own message and stuff like that. And people like to, you know, take those things and say, like, see, that's why I don't give to those church. Like, the man told you this stuff was going to happen. And there's no reason for, you know, you to be using that as an excuse for to go away from the message that was given to you um, and the mandate that was placed on you. So, you know, and it's like um, Pastor told us today at church, you know, today with all the technology we have, all the access to information we have, there's no excuse to be uh, ignorant in these areas. Right. Like it's, it's, it's no excuse. So, you know, we need to go make sure we're studying to show ourselves to prove. I mean, my goodness, like um, when Pastor started, I started hearing the message of the original Hebrew language. Um, I mean, literally, you could just go on Google and type in Genesis 1 interlinear. And there it is right there. You, you know, you just be like, wow, like we really have access to this. And yes, we do. I mean, it, it's just right there for you to go get it. Right. You just have to go get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, remember you and I actually talking uh, in 2014, 2015. We were talking about that. This was when we were in college about how there's no reason for I mean, we were mo- mostly talking about, you know, education, but there was no reason for anybody to be ignorant of anything because we have access to everything with the World Wide Web. And I mean, it's, it's still true today because with all this access of information, it, there is no reason to be ignorant about certain things because you can go look it up. You can go learn it. I mean, on the fly. Um. And I, what I believe a lot of it is, is that, and my wife and I were talking about this when it comes to uh, racism or it comes to, you know, what some people may call white privilege. Um, people may not see what they are doing or may not understand. And it's, it's just really willful ignorance because they see a, a um, somebody walking into a store and it's a young black male you know the first thing they may assume is maybe he's a drug dealer maybe he's I, I, you know i'm this not everybody um but again that's willful ignorance you know not getting to know the person or anything like that and then it also comes into play when we're talking about you know we talk about business a lot when people say why are there all these incentives for you know minority owned business well do you not know I don't like to include black people in minorities because we shouldn't be included in there because black no no other minority group went through what black people went through in this country. They you know, some people may say Native Americans, but Native Americans got their money. That's why you don't hear them talking. Um 
but you know, when it comes to business and they have all these incentives for minorities is because of what happened. And then there's a lot of willful ignorance because people are saying, well, why is it that they get this? But I, you know, I'm born and I don't, you know, I don't see my privilege. I don't see it anywhere. I don't see, um, what you're talking about, but that's an example. If I've portrayed it correct, that analogy correctly, um, of willful ignorance because go ahead. Yeah, that's a really big thing. I was just explaining this to Devin uh, the other day. Um, it's re- it really is willful ignorance because people don't want to place themselves in other people's shoes. People right. don't want to accept the fact that uh, there are different perspectives than the reality that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times... Um, People like, you know, uh, black people might speak out and they'll say, hey, my conditions growing up in America is like this. My reality of America is like that. And someone who comes from a totally different background, let's just say they grew up in the in the, you know, nice mansions of Beverly Hills. And, you know, uh, a black person might come out and say, you know, man, my reality is when we were growing up, we were afraid of the police. We had to make sure mm-hmm. we didn't do um, anything wrong. We had to make sure we cared ourselves like this. They weren't friendly towards us. You know, uh, it was more of an everyday struggle for us. And then the person from Beverly Hills is just like, that's not true. The police, they were always friendly with us. We never had a problem with them. Just because that's your perspective and that's your reality doesn't mean it's the same thing for uh, someone else. And it's almost, it really is selfish. And like you said, willful ignorance that people uh, refuse to believe that there's um, something else outside of the way they perceive things. And that's why we have the problems that we do. A lot of the problems that we do now is because people are really, um, man, selfishness is really just wickedness. And that's one of the points that I was going to, actually one of the points that I was going to bring up uh, later when we got into the things that we realized throughout the week is that, um, you know, you, you can't just be going through this world expecting everyone to just conform and and place their mind in your way of thinking and your way of thinking is the only way to go. It doesn't work out. So that's why when you have a lot of black people that speak out and say, my conditions are like this, my reality is like that, I need help, I need change. And that's why people will say, well, you have the same opportunities I have. You need to pull up, pull yourself up from your bootstraps and, you know, go out here and work. And, and it's like, that's so ignorant to say that you don't, you have no idea where I came from, what I've been through, my family situation, um, all the way down, you know, through history to the ancestors, you know, people right. who like to sit here and say, oh, slavery doesn't matter nowadays. That's ignorance. Right. It is because you, you don't take the time out to learn your history. And uh, I said it uh, when Dr. Larry was talking last time about. Uh, one thing he that helped him pull away from Christianity was studying history, and that was like I said, one of the first thing, first thing the Holy Spirit told me to do. He told me to read the Word and study history, and I didn't really understand why, but now I get why. Because in history, if you don't know your history, you really don't know what happened. How did you end up where you are? Um, and uh, repeat it, right? And then in Acts chapter seven, I believe Stephen when he was talking to him. He was he told them what happened. He Stephen went all the way back to the beginning and told them what happened and how they are like he talked about the their faith. 
and how they talked about the word and how they ended up where they are now. I believe that was that. I believe that was Stephen that said that in Acts chapter seven. But um, it is very important. Uh, yeah, he did. Man, when and broke down their whole history <laughs> right in front of their face. Yeah, they got so mad they stoned. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's true though, man. And then just knowing the word like that, it really helps you because you become the word, and that's what we are to be. Is you know, Yeshua was a living tabernacle. He was a. We are supposed to become the word. We're supposed to be able to speak the word. And what happens is people have other stuff and, you know, our minds are still being renewed and people still have other stuff in them that they haven't got out yet and needs to be replaced with the word. And, that, and that's where a lot of that comes from. Um, but what's really happened, I don't know but we should get into it just yet, but just a lot of this new age teaching. Like if you look at what's going on with the, you know, the Me Too movement and um, the the um, what should I say, the LGBTQ movement and um other movements that are taking place right now a lot of them are actually defining people belief systems and it's happening like before our very eyes and believers are taking taking to it too like they're they're accepting their ways over the word over scripture yeah there was a um, a group of air quotations christians that um went up to this lgbtq um gathering or a parade i don't know what they were doing but they went up to him with signs and stuff like you know we're sorry you know uh forgive us we accept you for who you are and all this other stuff and it's like you jelly back you never believed in what you uh said in the first place <laughs> yeah and that was actually one of my points that i wanted to bring up um that i just saw throughout the week i think i may have mentioned it before but it's just, the, you know, the way of the world versus scripture, because what I, I see a lot of now is that people are accepting the world over scripture. Like and they all say and Dr. Larry says all the time, but I, I'm starting to see it more clear, clear now is um, people really will think that you crazy, you in a cult because you different. Especially if you don't raise your kids different, they'll go off on you then. How are you going to take Christmas away from them? How are you going to do this? How you know? How are you going to um, not allow them to have a cell phone at such and such age? I'm like, do y'all not understand giving kids access to these devices at young ages, basically just giving them access to porn? My question is, who taught you that? <laughs> who taught you that that was the way to go? See, what it is, is just like how Stephen made those people feel when he went back and ran them their whole history. He put a mirror in front of their face mm-hmm. and showed them who they were. And the reason why they don't like people who act differently like us. I've been reading uh, one of the books of the Apocrypha, Wisdom of Solomon. And one of the scriptures talks about... Uh, the wicked people would even hate to see the uh, righteous become come around because just seeing them would just be like seeing a rebuke, mm-hmm. seeing a reproach, like just seeing them would just let them know that, you know, man, I'm living a bad lifestyle and they would hate them and they, they'd make plans to kill them because they just couldn't stand seeing something that reminded them of who they were. And that's basically what that is. You know, someone like you come around, you have your stuff together. And you know, the world talks it all about it all the time. You know, when you're doing right and you're doing good, it makes other people feel that they're not doing what they should do when they hate you. And that's basically what it is. You put a mirror in front of their face and you show them who they are 
and you show them that, hey, I just went along with the world and how they did things. I didn't I didn't think of uh, what's the right way or the wrong way with, with my kids. I just went with what the world told me. And, they, and, you know, they might not realize it, but that 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 is on the inside of them hates you for it. Mm-hmm. No, you're right, man. Um, I remember being young and being raised in the church. One thing I didn't believe in was, uh, you know, sex before marriage. Even though, you know, everybody was doing it, um, I didn't agree with it. And I remember talking to one young lady, and she said her mom had her uh, when she was 21, I believe. And I was like, really? And she looked at me, she she looked at me like I was judging her. And she was like, well, what's wrong with that? And I was just like, you know, that's not right. Like, you're supposed to be married when, you, you know, you have children. And she said, no, as long as you are uh, at least the age of 21. And I was, <laughs> and I kind of just left the conversation alone, uh, alone then. But it was it was a lot of stuff like that because I grew up kind of sheltered. And I grew up in the church and spent a lot of uh, a time in the church. So I, a lot of things I didn't really, I didn't understand. Like, that was a group that was older than than like the age group I was in. Uh, I may have been in, let me see, let's say, for example, I was 10 years old. There was an age group, they had like uh, 11 and 12 year olds. And I would ask them certain stuff because they were older. And one thing that kind of changed my whole world, I was like, are y'all saved? Because that's all, you know, you hear in a, uh, it was Koji. Koji Church is about being saved. And they said, no, nah, ain't none of us saved. And I was like, what? But all this teaching about, you know, you could die any day and go to hell and all this and all that. And I'm like, none of y'all say. And they was just like, no, nah, they they did what they wanted to do. And that impacted me a lot because I looked up to them. And so I was like, well, they doing what they want to do. I can do what I want to do. And they were shouting and dancing around the church and doing everything, too. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. And. That's that leads into another lesson that people really are watching you, even when you think nobody is watching you. Right. You know, the fact that you could say that, you know, you looked up to them basically. And then when you learned something about them, it changed your way of thinking. And you were right. like, man, like if they could do this, why can't I? And they claim they're going to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's so important. You know, kids uh, really on the inside of them, they're just programmed to look for role models, something to pattern after. Right. You know, and that's why the teaching that uh, pastors doing right now about fathers is so important. Man, we can into so many different <laughs> topics. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's, I mean, but you know, when you get this kingdom message in you for real, man, it's, it's just so much you could talk about and so much you could dive into holy spirit it's it's enough of the mess that's going on man i'll be looking at i'll look at some of the advice and the the so-called wisdom that these people are uh, spitting out here and giving to others that they say is true you know and it's and it's just a lie it's it's enough of the lie it's about time the truth had its time to shine and be brought forth and stuff like that we just need people who is strong-willed enough and won't bend and won't fold uh, in pressure right. because you know this truth that we are saying a lot of people ain't gonna li- not gonna like it you know it goes against everything that they've ever learned like you just said with the, the girl who seemed like she was about to you know uh fight you just because you had something to say about not 
you know, having kids before you're married. You know, and that's mm-hmm. just the beginning. <laughs> it is. Because um, everything's accepted now. And, that, and that's really what it's going to be about. When it, this is just the beginning of this, um, what should I say, this new age wave. It's going to get worse. And was, is what it eventually is going to be about is being accepted. Everybody is going to be about being accepted, and they're going to exchange accepted for being loved. That's what's going to happen. Um, because, I mean, the definition of love, people really don't even know what that is today because, uh, you know, Elohim said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. But we don't see that, though, because they throwing out the, um, the you know, the, the Torah, the Tanakh, that they throwing out the Old Testament. And they trying to keep the, they say the new one, the Messianic scriptures. But my question is, like everything Yeshua quoted came from uh, the Torah. Yeah, they're taking uh, Yeshua for granted. You know, in the scripture, there's a uh, the parable of the gardener, but there was the owner of the whole garden, and the owner came in one day and was like, you know, that tree is not bearing any fruit. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but the gardener was the one who was saying, like, wait, just give me some time. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me, you know, put some new soil on it or whatever. And then let's come back. And if it's not bearing any fruit, let's, um, you know, handle it then. You know, Yeshua is the one who is at the right hand of the Father right now, you know, uh, pleading our case because he was the one who came down and went through uh, the temptations and things that we went through. Um, you know, so... People take your show for granted, you know, with this grace thing, you know, right. like, oh, we all sinners saved by grace so we can just do what we <laughs> want. You know, you, you're blessed that your show is there because, you know, the father, you know, he's that, you know, that that tree is not bearing no fruit. Get rid of it. And, you know, that's an, also another thing. That's, you know, f- what fathers are. A lot of people like to call, you know, Elohim. Oh, my father in heaven. Well, it, you really don't know want to know how a father is acting for real because a father isn't putting up with that mess you know so people see it as harsh you know if you read that scripture and you know you see an elohim is saying get rid of that tree it's bearing no fruit you know Mm y'all say well that's not love well obviously it is the father said it (laughs) and he is love so (laughs) (laughs) people i mean my goodness i make a whole religion and you ain't read no scripture But that's how it works, though, because, I mean, it goes based off they feel. And then, um, man, if you don't mind me doing this, but let, that's that's one topic we really want to get into. I'm sure you do, too, is uh, that's why I said that is fathers, because that's the teaching that our uh, pastor is in right now is he's in a series talking about fathers. And so um, it's cool if I go ahead and just say we're going to talk about fathers as a topic. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because it's needed. It, it really is needed. Um, even just, you know, me growing up, I had a father, but my father didn't have a father. So a lot of things that he did, he, he did teach me some things um, when it came. He was really big on education. And, and so, you know, school came easy to me. But when it came to living, came to living, there was always a gray area with me. Like, I, I kind of did what I wanted. The only way I kind of really learned to live, because like I say, I grew up in a church with my mother. My father didn't go to church, but my mother did. 
And that was when I just, it just, I was just drawn to it. Like I was drawn to, uh, I remember saying, you know, being young, I want to live a righteous life, but I really didn't have a pattern. I mean, I couldn't pattern my mother. She was a woman. And um, that's one thing that, uh, like you were saying, children look for something to pattern. Like that's what I look for. And you look for mentors. And a lot of times our kids have are celebrities and foot, you know, football play athletes. Um, and fathers are important because if you really look at fathers in scripture, you will see that's who Elohim used to get things done because the fathers are the source. And I, I mean, if you, you look at Adam, Adam, like he gave the commandments to Adam to give to Masa and he gave Eve. He gave them to him to give to her. But and even when um, the old serpent came, Adam should have, you know, he should have stepped up and said something. I know you want to interject, Trill. You can go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's true, man. You know, I remember growing up, um, I had an uncle. Um, he called him Uncle Ray. And he went to a Kozik church. He was a pastor of a Kozik church. And a lot of people didn't like him. You know, because they felt like he was so strict. He was so serious, you know. Oh, man, you can't do nothing around him. But I respected my uncle so much. Uh, and even to this day, even looking back, I could even say back then I respected him so much. Because he was the type of man, you weren't going to be around him, you know, just doing it and everything. He wasn't going to allow When you came to his house, it was certain things that he allowed, certain things that he didn't allow. And you had to respect it. You might not have liked it, but you had to respect it. And he, looking back on it now with the teaching I have now, he was definitely a great father figure. But a lot of people would look at him and say, oh, man, he's, he's too domineering. You know, he's not, you know, uh, he doesn't care enough. He's not, you know, compassionate enough and all this other stuff. Well, it's like, my goodness, like, do you, do you want the man? It's It's so much of, you know, of feminizing men nowadays it doesn't yes. make any sense whatsoever right. you know i just had a, i just you know we just had on a disney channel you know we have me and my wife we have twins so we cut on disney channel thinking you could just you know watch some on disney channel and my goodness they are feminizing the men so much today you know it's like everywhere you go but yes this society like that's what we're lacking fathers fathers who mm. you know uh, we learned that Adam, he was commanded. Yes. You know, Elohim uh, made him, created him, and put him in the garden, and he told him things to do. He was commanded. Men were, uh, men are created to be able to take commands and give commands. Mm -hmm. And we don't have, you know, any of that today. I was, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, what is it? The, what's the dude named Jordan Peele? Who makes the movies? Uh, he made Us and Get Out. Yeah. Uh, did you see that movie Us? No, I, I didn't. I, see I, man, I was watching that movie and I was like, "This is the one of the saddest depictions of a man I've ever seen." He was letting his <laughs> wife do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, he was the one who was just out hurt. You know, just couldn't do nothing. He was sending his wife to do everything. Man, in this society, they really don't even know uh, what a true father looks like what a true man looks like. When I was growing up, you know, a father was somebody who just came in the house. He paid the bills. He made sure the lights was on and everything. And I mean, on the weekends and stuff, when he had free time, he didn't spend it with his family. 
he spent it, you know, going out with the boys, drinking, getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Those wild role models, you know, right. people that you saw drunk all the time. This yes. society doesn't know uh, truly what a father is. And it's just like you said earlier. If we don't know our history, we're doomed to repeat it. If we don't mm-hmm. go and study how Adam got off and how all the other people got off, it's just like you said, times are getting worse. Because yes. going back to the days that it was like... Uh, in Noah, I don't about you, to say. <laughs> yeah, and pe- if people don't go study that history of how it got from Adam to Noah, we're gonna go straight back to it, and that's where it's headed. You know, yes. uh, fathers are needed so much, man. Yeah. The foundation, the foundation yeah. of the families, and the family goes off and makes the community. Right, and we need that foundation back because a lot of the problems that we see in the world could be solved if we had just a good legion of fathers that got together, stood up, and said, "Hey, this is the way to go. We're following Elohim. We're establishing ourselves in the Word, and the families that we make from us are gonna go in the same way. We would change so much, you know. So I'll let you go out. <laughs> you could." <laughs> You good, man. Because I, I knew it was a lot that you wanted to say because I know that's an area that you're very passionate about. Um and one thing about um fathers is that I learned this, um, and Dr. Larry said it, and I went back and looked at it in the scripture because I wanted to see it for for myself. But um he talked about how Abraham carried his family on his faith. And I was like, if you look back at it, you'll see that he did because uh Sarah um didn't believe. It was Abraham. Anything the father said, he was like, okay. I mean, he left his family and went and started his own. He left his nation and went and started his own nation. And it was because he stayed connected to the father. He had enough faith to say, I understand what he says, you know, it's going to happen. Just like the um, the Roman officer, he, you know, he understood authority. That was his faith. And then that's why Abraham, you know, he goes down in scripture as one of the fathers of faith. Because whatever the father said, he did it. And that was the same way with Yeshua. Yeshua said, I come not to do my will, but I come to do the will of my father. He was there to please his father. And that's how, you know, we should be as believers in the earth. We're here to please Elohim um, and, and not to please people. Because one thing about it, and you talked about it earlier, I was going to get on it. But you talked about this selfish ambition. One thing about selfish ambition, and this is, believers have to be careful of this, is that we can use um, or their selfish ambition and we can try to please people. Because if we're not trying to please the Father, then what we're doing is out of order. And it should never be to please people. It should always be to please him, to please our Father, to live a life in the earth that he looks down and says, that's my son. That's, um, def- that's definitely true. One thing we have to uh, understand is that whoever creates something, whoever creates a product is the person who gets to say what that product is going to be for, what's its purpose, what's its destiny, what it's going to do. And uh, it's so much in the world today of, you know, people speaking out of just, you know, I could use the example of what people say, abortion, you know, well, it's my body, it's my choice. Well, I mean, did you create it? All you know is you woke up one day, you was about 10 years old, and you was figuring the world out. How are you going to say it's yours? You didn't make Mm -hmm. it. You know, we didn't make ourselves. We need to go figure out who our maker is and figure out what's our plan, what's our purpose, and what's our, you know, uh, intent here in the earth. You know, you, you, 
that selfish ambition, it has to go if you're going to be a born-again believer. Right. You, you can't, you know, uh, what people say, the Lord's Prayer uh, or mm-hmm. the motto prayer, you know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It didn't say nothing about your will be done or what I want to do. You know, you were created with a purpose. And if you want that purpose to be complete, you have to go to the person who created you and figure out what it is. You know, I look at so many people um, in the world today, you know, everybody wants to be a singer. Everybody wants to be an entertainer. Everybody wants to be this. Everybody wants to be that. You know, it's so many people doing things now that they are out of their purpose. And it's sad that some people don't even realize that, you know, why they're alive. A lot of people live a lie. And it's a sad thing, you know, that the world is going the way that it is, you know. And I'm so glad that we're doing something like this, man. I hope we can just, you know, you know, this teaching, a lot of things that we're saying, many people will see as harsh or, Mm -hmm. oh, man, they're just, you know, trying to tell people how they should live their lives. They're trying to, you know, go out here and act like they know it all. You know, people have to be able to change their way of thinking and change their perception for the realize that we're actually here trying to help, you know. And I mean, my goodness, the way we're talking right now, you know, how two fathers would talk. And people are not, you know, used to that, you know, steering and trying to lead people in the right direction, you know. So. Yeah, you're right, man. Because um, a lot of times they probably didn't see a father in the home. They didn't have that. So a lot, a lot of what they're trying to do is, you know, to be their own lord, be their own. I guess you would say captain of their ship. They they decide how things go, how this work, how you know how that happens. But there's nothing that you can do, and I think I won't even say I think I know this is where a lot of anxiety comes from. You know, it, uh, they talk about all these mental issues today and anxiety. This and everybody got anxiety. I guess we all just born with it now. I guess. Um, but it's really because you try to control everything. People want to control their own lives that they don't know what to do, so so they worry. But if you look at it like in scripture, there's no reason to worry. The father, uh, Yeshua talked about it. He said, um, that you know he takes care of the birds in the sky, take take care of the animals that scurry along the ground. Like, why is it that we should have to worry? We're taken care of. Do what you said. He, he talked. He told Cain, if you do what was right. But it's it's about people want to do things out of their own will, their own way, and it causes nothing but problems. And then you don't live in an open heaven because you haven't submitted your life completely to the Father. So all of what you know is happening to, especially in America, where you know in the capitalist nation, as long as you got money, it just seems like your life's so good, it's so great. But I promise you, when them doctors tell you there's nothing more we can do <laughs> to do for you, then you start questioning life. Then you start questioning the money. But I mean, that's what has to happen. I, I know people, for instance, that have lost their money, and then they submit their life to Elohim, because they they just like, well, now I don't have it anymore. But, that, go ahead. That's one thing, that, that's also actually close to another point that I wanted to hit. And this all goes back to fathers, because it's right. a father's role. The scripture uh, talks about in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy that they should study that law that Elohim had given them and teach it to their kids as they walk along the ways and things like that, that these things that I'm instilling in you, you instilling your kids so I can have future generations that I can see me in, you know, um, the enemy nowadays, man, he, he, 
it's just like you said, you know, people think they can live a life where they can just go through and just because they have money, everything is cool. But then when the doctor tells you you're sick or something, then, you know, they need a they need a savior then, you know, um, and that you you see that so much in society nowadays. I guess I could just get into, you know, one of the points Um the society we live we live in now, man, it's it's just so dangerous. One one way I really think of it is that the character of the enemy is really showing in society today. You know, the enemy is wicked. He's a trickster, a swindler. You know, um, I look at this thing that they have out now called cancel culture. You know, it's it's you know uh, basically a thing. If you, you don't know where it is, it's basically if they find in society that you have done something wrong or against what they believe in that they will ruin your whole career. Uh, like for example, someone can get caught up in a sexual scandal or something like that. Bill Cosby or, or R Kelly would be an example that they basically said, you know, they should have their career ended, you know, uh, everything they have should be taken away. And they basically just, you know, should be shunned from society and stuff like that. And really, it's gotten so bad to a point to where, you know, uh, they're doing polls now to where men are saying that they're scared. You know, it's gotten so bad now that they're saying they're scared to even, you know, talk to women in certain ways in the workplace. They're just, you know, basically shocked by so much that's going on that they feel for themselves. And, you know, I'm not saying that anyone, I'm not trying to, you know, defend anyone who's, you know, guilty of sexual assault or stuff like that. You know, the the government, uh, the police force, they have laws and things that govern that. And so, you know, they should get the punishment that they have. But people have seen that it gets so outrageous that they're scared. And the people will come out and say, hey, you know, uh, well, if you had nothing to, uh, if you weren't doing anything, you wouldn't have anything to worry about. But there are women out here who realize the power that they can have behind this. And there have been many cases of men uh, proving that they were accused of something that they had never did. And also, on the other hand, with women, you could have women who work their way into a particular area and work their way up. Uh, in their field and things like that. And then they'll get to a certain point and people will tell them like, hey, if you want to get any farther, you're going to have to do things that are going to demoralize yourself. You have to uh, drop your respect, do things that you normally wouldn't do or go against um, your principles and the things you believe in if you want to achieve certain things. And some of these women might do these things and they'll end up in a position where they're like, regretting it for the rest of their lives and that goes along with what you said of man you can really think that you're going out here you know uh you're doing it big because i'm pretty sure someone like harvey weinstein you know someone like him you know the enemy was working in gave him all that money that fame you know and he think he could probably get away with anything do everything and then next thing you know bam he got caught in a scandal the enemy is the type of person that elite uh will lead you uh to the ledge and then be the one who push you over you know take you to the <laughs> to the take you to the end of a waterfall and then next thing you know he's cutting a log you're standing on you know get he'd be like man come and work with me i give you all this stuff and then next thing you know he's the one who's the same person who's taking it all away from you 
you know, we have to make sure that we're being led and guided by Elohim because right. he's the one who gives without any, you know, he's the one who gives everything perfect. Everything he does is good. He doesn't mm-hmm. give you anything with an ulterior motive. In the end, I'm going to take everything away from you. No, he wants the best for us. The scripture says um, in Proverbs that a growing, thriving population is the glory of a king. He wants what's best for us. It's his job to take care of us and make sure that we go in the right way. It's His reputation is on the line. How would it seem if I'm a person who's broke, busted, and disgusted, and then I'm telling everybody that Elohim is my Lord, and they'll just be sitting there like, well, man, you know, Elohim must doesn't mind his people being poor, depressed, broke, busted, and disgusted. So we have to really make sure that we're being led by Elohim because in this culture, we're seeing the fruits of what happens when you follow the enemy, when you do the things that he wants you to do and you bow down and worship him. So that's one area. Right. Now, you said a a whole lot. (laughs) But one thing, and I was actually going to talk about this, too, was, was, you know, you basically talk about the tricks of the enemy or or some of his devices. And that's one thing that we are not to be ignorant of. We're not to be ignorant of his ways, because if you're ignorant of his ways, then you there then there's room to be deceived. Um, Because one thing I, you know, playing basketball, one thing that we would do when we played against our opponents, we would sit down and study um their games sit down and study their plays their tactics everything they did so we could beat them in order to defeat the enemy you have to know what he's gonna do what he's gonna use against you um because you got to be ready for what's coming and you have to be prepared and one thing that he's doing a lot especially with fathers is the the first thing he's gonna attack is the mind um because if he can get your mind he got you um, and then one thing that you look at a lot with men is the one of the big ones is porn. Porn is really huge, and that really does hurt the mind of a man because that that'll become something that consumes him and all he thinks about. And that's what happens. You know, we see with a lot of teenagers. I was talking to, um, I'll just say I was talking to a young man, and he told me porn was normal. He he eighteen. He was like, yeah, it's normal. Everybody watch it. Um, but I'm like. That shouldn't have even been a statement, but you know, with the access of you know um, internet now, and everybody has <laughs> uh, basically a computer in their hand. I mean, they can do that. And then you look at athletes—not athletes. Let me say this: look at sports that consumes the mind of men. Like sometimes, and I'll be real. I'll be real about this. Sometimes I talk about sports just so I can have common ground to talk with people. It's not really what I want to talk about. What I really want to talk about is this. I want to talk about the issues. What's going on? How can we make things change? What has the father done recently in your life? How, how have you applied scripture to your life? How, wh- what business plan are you working on? How is your family going? How um, have you changed as, you know, as um, coming into the light and understanding truth? Like I, I talk about this stuff for years. You, you want to talk about um, the, the Christian religion, you know, the Council of Nicaea. You want to talk about history. You want to... Uh, Talk about how this nation was formed, stuff like that. I can talk about for days, but sometimes all I get from people is, you know, uh, Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. So I try to just find common ground with people just so I could be a friend. And um, so we can talk about, but that's what consumes the mind of a lot of men. You know, football season is on right now. So that's all that a lot of men are doing, sitting around drinking, watching football. Um. Uh, 
and to me is is really sad because the enemy has taken entertainment and sexual immorality and poisoned the mind of, of fathers. Yeah, man, the enemy has got uh men's mind wrapped up year round, you know. When man. basketball goes off, football comes on. When football goes off, basketball comes on. If you ain't watching one of them, it's like you said, people just so caught up in other things like pornography and stuff, their mind always caught on something. And you were right um, when you said you talked about basketball a lot to just, you know, start a dialogue with people. And um, Cheo did that. You know, he said, when I'm around Jews, I'm a Jew. When I'm around Gentiles, I'm a Gentile. You know, he knows how to, uh, you know, what's the word I could say, uh, um, become accustomed or he could, you know, uh, fit into wherever he's at uh, to help himself get his message across. And that's uh, uh, something that we'll need because, you know, uh, our lifestyle and how we carry ourselves and things like that will be um, a great way to get in to be able to have, you know, these conversations. People will be intrigued. And also the way you're doing, you know, just starting a dialogue that people will build some type of rapport or trust with you the way that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can come in, you know. You know, many people not religion would teach you, you know, if somebody comes up talking about basketball, you're just like, I don't watch that mess. You know, I'm saying sanctified field with the Holy Ghost. And it's like, OK, well, he <laughs> hates you for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, and I'm with you, man. I, I you know, I mean, want to talk about, you know, when I go to my job, I'd love to, you know, talk to someone about their family, how things are going, you know, how can your life be, you know, uh benefited more with a certain type of knowledge wisdom or understanding but most times you know you're t- they're just talking about how they hate the job and how the boss suck and you know how they can't wait to get up out of here but you've been here for 50 years <laughs> you know <laughs> yep no you're right and man a lot of times like you say especially when it's at work it's like like i mean you just said they've been there for 50 years but they ain't doing nothing to change and you know, being ages of change in the earth, that's what we all about is making change. Um, because I, I don't know, I try to offer people solutions because one thing is, you know, people may not see what they are capable of because it's been so much. It, and again, this goes back to fathers. They didn't have a father to tell them what was in them. Um, our shepherd, um, Dr. Larry, he told us that, you know, his father told him that he was going to be presented with opportunities that he didn't have and for him to take advantage of them. I'm like, you know, growing up, I don't remember a lot of that. My, you know, my father saying what was in me. I mean, now, you know, the lifestyle I'm living in different things, he'll tell me all the time. He's like, I'm proud of you. Um, but growing up, like, like I said, I didn't have a lot of that. And then just planting this seed to let somebody know, you know, you're greater than the circumstance that you're in right now. Is something that take them a long way, and it, even if it doesn't, um, you know, happen within a period of time that you can see, it, it doesn't mean that it didn't affect the way they think. Okay, well, I mean, we we we're in here pretty deep now. I see the thing since <laughs> <laughs> over an hour. Um, I know I have um one thing that I really wanted to talk about, and, and it's something that I learned. Uh, about myself um, and I really want people uh, to know that you know we're not sitting here speaking as people who claim to know it all right. has it all together you know 
Um, the scripture tells us all the time that life is all about persevering. And that persevering comes uh, sometimes with just, you know, as long as we're alive, we're going to keep learning things. You know, if a person has been, you know, they got saved when they were 30 and you only been saved five years, how can you expect to know, you know, everything you need to know with living a life of sin for 30 years and only just trying to get it together for five? You know, there's so many things that we have um, ingrained in our belief system, emotional damage, you know, uh, ideologies and things like that, that you have to uproot and let the father uproot uh, to where that you can start walking in true holiness. The uh, word holiness in the Hebrew means to go through the threshing. Um, and basically, if you don't know what threshing is, it's basically um, a process of where they separate um, the good part of the grain from uh, the bad part that grows on the grain so that you can separate the good from the bad and you can preserve the good and you burn uh, the bad. Um, basically, how it relates to us is uprooting those things up out of you that Elohim uh, doesn't like and that is not of him that you gained through years of living a life of sin taking that up ruining that burning that getting rid of it for forever and filling yourself with his word um there's a scripture proverbs 18 and 1 um says an unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels uh the nlt version says an unfriendly unfriendly people care only about themselves you know i found out about myself recently that i've always been the type of person um to where if there was a situation uh or let's just say a person let's just say me and derek uh got into an argument you know i was the type of person to uh, always be like well if derek's mad at me it don't matter to me because I could just go home and, you know, I ain't got to be around them. You know, I, I could just, you know, just go home and I ain't got to talk to them anymore and stuff like that. And it just hit me uh, not too long ago that that's really a selfish mindset. You know, if me and Derek are supposed to be friends and I truly value Derek's friendship, that shouldn't be the first thing that comes to my mind when we having uh, having an argument that, okay, if I could just, you know, I'm going to just get away from you. I'm going to leave you and I'm going to go off by myself and I don't have to hear you anymore. I don't have to worry about you anymore. I don't have to deal with you anymore. That's such a selfish mindset. All you heard was I, 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 I. You didn't say, you know, like, man, I really want this uh, situation that's going on with me and Derek to be overcame because I value his friendship. You know, the friendship that we have is so much bigger uh, than this little quarrel. You know, and then at the end of the day, me separating myself and isolating myself does nothing but keep the division going. You know, it, it just exacerbates it. So I really learned that about myself. Of You know, if you have a problem or if you have a situation, the first thing you want to do is just, you know, I need to get away from you. I want to go off and be by myself. That's really a truly selfish way of handling things, you know. Just making sure that you isolate yourself and get yourself away from something that you don't want to be around. And after that, you're okay. It doesn't matter what the other person is going through. 
it doesn't matter what they think or how they feel. As long as I'm fine, I'm fine. And that's one thing I had to learn about uh, myself is, and I hope other people can take away from this too, is if you're the type of person that if anything bad happens, it doesn't even have to be a person. It could be a situation at work or whatever. If the first thing you think about is, you know, well, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to get away. I don't have to be around this. That's not helping the problem. That's only making the problem worse. And it's really selfish to have a mindset like that. So that's what I had to say. Um, but that was all I had on that. That was good. Because, one, <laughs> cause, I mean, it, I know it's not easy always to admit stuff like that. And, well, being a believer, it should be because that's what we are too to own up to our mistakes, own up to what we've done wrong. That's true repentance and, you know, to change from it. That's what um, repent really means to change, to you know, really burn up and get rid of, as you were just saying, you know, um, get rid of our old ways and uh, learn from it and then grow into uh, the vision Elohim set for us in the air. But I don't have anything else. Okay. Well, uh, another podcast has come to an end. I'm pretty sure we uploaded you guys with uh, <laughs> a lot of information today. So, uh, again, we really appreciate you for stopping by. Uh, we really hope you enjoy the content. Um, shalom. See you guys next week. Shalom.